It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, a father of two, with a third coming any day now, a Green Lantern fan, and a Funko Pop collector. And I'm Mo, shorter, louder, smarter, and all around better than absolutely no one. I'm a wife, mom, elementary librarian, and seeker of truth, except when it comes to reality TV. Today on the show, how Disney duos might be setting us up for disappointment in our relationships. Also on the show today, casting the first stone. The first, today is Wednesday, July 21st, 2021, and we've got some holidays to celebrate. We do. Let me uh, move past my little bit of anger there. Well, you'll get it out in a I second. Know, I know. I know. Um, today is National Hot Dog Day. Yee! I love hot dogs. Yee yee. There's something about hot dogs I just can't, How I can't get over. do you eat your hot dog? Plain, really? On a bun? On a just plain on a bun? Just straight up. Now I'll I'll do chili, uh, depending on the chili. Why are you texting all of a sudden? But I'll, uh, I'll do chili. You, you say that when you do when you talk chili, <laughs> <laughs> you texting at that point. Uh, but typically, just plain plain and dry on a bun. That's the way to go because really? hot dog is enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Also, do okay. Ky redhead in our Twitch chat saying brat. Uh, she says no bun. Let's skip that. And she says blackened, blackened brats are the bomb. Yeah. I have to convince my father-in-law to burn my brats to a crisp every time he we have a pick uh, cookout. But they're so good. They're yeah. so dang good. I also prefer my hot dogs that way, though. You I, black? I don't. Yeah, I don't like it with hot dogs. I love a blackened hot dog. I like them. I like more like the New York style uh, street. Boiling in the water, kind of hot yeah, dog. No. That's what I like. Yeah. So my very, very, very first job was at a um, burnt marshmallows too. You're absolutely right. To mm-hmm. a crisp. Yes. Blackened. Okay, my first job was at a baseball field, working in the concession stands. Mm, like okay. Community baseball field, and we did hot dogs by the dozens. <laughs> in the boiling, like basically big, huge crock pots. And they were the red hot dogs. Have you ever had? Oh, okay. Yeah. So by the end of that mm. summer, yeah, I was I like, like mm, if I'm going to have a hot dog, I want it to look the least like those hot dogs that it possibly can. So burn my hot dogs to the crisp, please. <laughs> I got you. Please. <laughs> if it's if it's a hot dog that I don't like, like a, I don't know if this is a nationwide brand or if it's just in our area, but they're like Bar, Bar S, S yeah. hot dogs. I hate those. So yeah, if we're having those, burn those to a crisp because then I can get through them. But uh, I also don't like like the all beef ones, the, like the really big all beef hot dogs. Yeah. 
the I two, prefer turkey dogs. Two, turkey I, dogs I, are good. I get so much hate because I prefer dogs are turkey dogs. Turkey dogs are good. Don't yeah. don't let them don't let them get you down. Uh, yummy, yummy. <laughs> All right. Um, and it's not it's not Tuesday. It's, it's Wednesday. Not. Yeah, but, but it is. It is National Junk, junk Food, food Day. Day. Yeah. yeah. So all the things that we talked about yesterday. Eat them today. Eat them today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So we're we're gonna address something. Something <laughs> happened last week that we have agreed to talk about on the show one time to get our frustrations out and then walk away from it after that, and we'll explain. Uh, if you haven't been following us on TikTok, you might not have heard the story, but you might have heard the first part of it last season in episode 335 of The Morning Show, when we shared with you how uh, a group of our Christian, a group of Christian memers kickstarted a game that was almost a carbon copy of Sunday School Answers, a game that a friend of ours, Michael Mordanga, created in 2017 and recently passed the reins over to us. It's a Christian version of Cards Against Humanity, and uh, while its sales were only in the hundreds, it had a lot of recognition in the meme communities early on, the Christian communities. Then uh, Cards Christians Like showed up uh, with the same color scheme, same audience, same play mechanic, all presented like they were the first uh, and that they had never heard of Sunday School Answers before, which I find hard to believe. In the end, we've had to just accept that there's no way that we can prove that they ever saw Sunday School Answers. So when Mike gave the reins to us, we relaunched the game to make sure that it was compatible with their game, decided we would just coexist. It was plausible that they had the same idea Mike had, and that the choice to use the blue and white color scheme was a coincidence, and that they had just done a poor job looking to see if the game already existed. Then last week, we got a message from one of the LTN staff with a link to a new Kickstarter. After meeting Michael in 2017, Mo and I got the bug to make our own game, so we came up with a Christian version of the voting game called Judge Not. The game has uh, everyone being assigned a number, a card with an offense to read, uh, and everybody votes on who is most likely to have committed that offense. Uh, it's a game that grows friendships, encourages sharing stories and laughing. It's just a rib-poking good time. We've played it with a bunch of our friends on multiple occasions. It's always been a hit. That new Kickstarter was for, once again, the exact same game for the exact same group of people. And they are calling it Cast the First Stone. It's, once again, the same play mechanic, same audience, same color scheme. When this was pointed out, they did respond. They never responded to us with Sunday School Answers. Well, I'll take that back. One person from their group did respond to us, say, hey, we'd be willing to talk, and then would never talk to us again after that. We said, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'd love to, and then ghosted us. So when we finally pointed this out, they did respond by essentially posting the same answer everywhere that it was commented on, that you know we got the game last year, we thought it'd be fun to make a Christian version, I'm glad we can all create games alongside each other. Thumbs up. End of discussion. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it was hard to believe that they had never heard of Sunday School Answers, but now that this has happened twice, both with independently published games from the Game Crafter that we are connected to, gosh, it's suspicious. Uh, Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. But giving them the benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, even if they came up with the idea of their own, they should have taken one crucial step before starting to build. And Mo pointed that out to them, but they didn't respond to that, which oh, is... Oh, we'll go. <laughs> yeah. They... <laughs> Google search. <laughs> How 
about a quick Google search of Christian version of Cards Against Humanity, Christian version of the voting game? Look around, ask around, ask your very large Christian community, hey, has anyone seen a Christian version of this game out there? I mean, it's just, it's disappointing and it's frustrating. As frustrating though as this is, here's why we're gonna let this go and why ultimately it's not worth a huge battle. Because you told me to. That's why. Well, you're That's letting it go I'm because I'm telling go, you to. But you these are to. my reasonings of why we're going to let it go. Number one, we're not making money off of it, and we're not trying to. Uh, we've been very upfront since pretty much the beginning. We lower the price in the Game Crafter down to as low as it'll let us. So you're buying it basically for cost. I think the most we'll ever make on a, a sale is, I think, 70 cents. And that's only on like the big main core games, but all the expansions, I think it's something like 17 cents. Um, because what we wanted to do was create fun games for the Christian community that didn't exist and put them out there and let you play them and let you have fun. Love Thy Nerd featured Sunday School Answers at their very first LTN Con. Like they had a whole table devoted to that all weekend. It was really cool. Uh, the second reason is, like we can't sue them because we don't have any direct proof that they stole our stuff and both of our games are parodies of other games. So like we don't own the play mechanic. We don't own the idea. Uh, so we're both just making our own versions of a parody of a game that already exists. So can't do that either. But the other reason is it's not the fault of anybody that's buying these games. You know what I mean? It's It's... Unless you're our friend, <laughs> well, then, yeah. it, then you're at fault, because you know. I think it's okay to coexist <laughs> and have both those out there. So what's really neat is that while their game isn't even out yet, their version, their Cast the First Stone, is not even out yet, Judge Knott's already out. It'll work the same way with their game. Judge Knott's not only already out, we have four expansions based on it, including one that has like some new play mechanics and cards that you blank cards that you can write yourself. We got we got a Christmas version already out. So you can buy all those and add them to that game. You can expand your game double triple the amount of cards that you have as soon as that comes out or even right now you can just go to backrowgames.com and get our version. But the same thing with Sunday School Answers. Sunday School Answers um, we have our core deck. They have their core deck. That's fine. But we also have uh, three expansions already and more coming that are almost twice the size of the three expansions that they have. And they can't even produce theirs enough because they, they're not doing... We're doing, we're doing the Game Crafter, which is basically a make-to-order thing. They're having to go through all these companies and jump through all these hoops. They've had a lot of trouble getting their game actually made and shipped out to everybody that ordered them. Uh, so we have all these expansions that'll work with the game. You can add a bunch of cards there, too. We've got uh, the meme deck that we've done with uh, Memes James version. We have the superhero deck that we did with Faith and Fandom, Hector mm -hmm. Mire. And uh, Mo and I have the food deck for the Back Row Morning Show, because we're the junk food people. <laughs> and we have just completed a double expansion, uh, 105 cards from Love Thy Nerd. Since so the nerd deck, we have completed that. It is going to go on sale by the end of this month. 
and we're super excited about it because a lot of the cards were written by you guys. Your names on the bottom, submitted by this person. Like it's it's really neat that we get to do this with you and collaborate. Mm -hmm. So we will coexist. Just realize that we're out there. Here's here's also a fun little fact. Uh, we ship internationally, and oh, that's true. Well, and they yeah. Mostly, uh -huh. is it international? It is international. Okay, yeah. Um, here's here's the thing. I may or may not have gone on a a bit of a. <laughs> Writing a list why we're better. <laughs> no, no, no. A commenting spree on their page. Um, you did, and they deleted them all. They deleted everyone, and I'm blocked from their page. So, you know. But one of the biggest complaints was, when are you going to ship internationally? And so, of course, I hopped on, and I double-checked that we do, in fact, ship to these places that these people were wanting to get their hands on the game. And... I just dropped our link and said, we sh ship internationally, and we're the original game. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Uh-huh, yeah. That's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we, we, we got a lot of frustrations out over the past few days. <laughs> That's the only reason they ever on commented. The That's only reason, because we I, finally started harassing them. I dropped at least a dozen comments on their page, <laughs> at least. So, listen. It got them to say something, but then again, I commented in response to their comment to us, and still, we've been ghosted again. So. Yeah, they just keep sending that same boilerplate answer that they gave. We us. would love to talk to any. No, you wouldn't. So, so do it. I've you, Mo, Mo listed like eleven things that you can address. Let's address them. But anyway. We're going to walk away from it <laughs> because it's not good for our spirits to sit here in anger either. Uh, if no, we were making if not. we were making money on it, if this was a, like an actual business that we were trying to really pursue and live off of, it'd be a whole different story and we would be trying to pursue this legally, but yeah. mm -hmm. it will not be worth the ulcers it's to try true. and do it. However, <laughs> however, listen, I'm just going to put it out there. If they come up with a punishment deck, Oh, I'm that's our but no, that I'm already got stolen, don't you remember? Yeah. Not but, stolen. No, no, I, there's no I, I reason to believe they had our idea. I don't stolen. care if those people did it. If these but people if they do, do. <laughs> if these people do, look, I brought it. I brought the TikTok video that you made out to Chris, and I just handed him my phone. Yeah. And he watches it, and he's like, "What? <laughs> How is that even possible? Did you guys copyright it?" And I was like, "No, no, we didn't. <laughs> That's our mistake." And he's like. I'm going to talk to a lawyer tomorrow. We're going to see what we can do. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Technically, when you create something, I think there's an automatic copyright to it. But again, because it's not our play mechanic, we can't, we can't prove anything. <laughs> no, but I can, I can drop at least a dozen comments before they, before they block me. Just to, to make it but really yeah. known. But no, the, yeah, the first time this happened, though, was with the punishment deck. We Mo, This was all Mo's idea. Mo came up with the idea of let's make like this deck of like truth or dare type cards that you can add to any game as like the punishment for the loser. And we, we came up with a lot of creative cards like eat a square of toilet paper or <laughs> mystery squirt. That's my favorite, where you have to be blindfolded and the winner of the game gets to pull any condiment out of the fridge and squirt it into your mouth. All kinds of really funny, but harmless, uh, <laughs> you know, punishments. Yeah. And uh, someone else who we kind of figured out had to have had this on Kickstarter, like, just, like, a month 
after we came up with the idea and, and put it on the Game Crafter, had the exact same idea. And they got to be like on Good Morning America and stuff. And I'm like, man, we should have gone the Kickstarter route. <laughs> you know. But then we would have really had to make a company out of it. And I don't think we wanted to do that. <laughs> We're so busy already. I would really, really, really hate to accidentally make a game that someone else has already made and then have their really angry, you know, co-creator <laughs> dropping comments all over our Facebook page. So, I mean, if I don't have to deal with the headache of what I am, then, <laughs> then I, I'm okay with it, I guess. We have thousands of followers. We have a mo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's take a break here. When we come back, Mo gets challenged by a member of our Discord. Oh, my. Stick around. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. You ever notice how gangster our culture has become in terms of spoilers? I remember the first time I ever heard a definitive statement of how quickly you can spoil a movie was outside the theater of The Force Awakens. People were in line for like maybe the second showing of the movie and literally somebody walks out into the parking lot and yells really loudly they killed on solo and like just screamed it and like this one dude literally started screaming you have to wait two weeks and just started yelling and like i was like oh oh okay that's that's the number and then now that we've entered into this digital era of streaming where we're saying how how quickly can you talk about what you just saw on TV? And according to like Disney Plus and HBO Max and oftentimes BBC, like you've got three days tops before it's spoiled and all bets are off. And it's something where we have basically created a rule to protect people that can't hear about things as quickly as others. In Acts chapter 4, we basically see a spoiler ban on the gospel in terms to Peter and John. They had performed a miracle, God's name was getting glorified, and people were freaking out about the fact of how quickly this message was spreading. In Acts 4.17, it says, But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Verse 18 says, Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Then if you jump down to verse 20, it says, As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Y'all, it's that's kind of what we sound like when we see something cool and we want to tell everybody else. And you know what? There are times to be respectful and not to speak up. You know, maybe about the Mandalorian or Loki. But that doesn't apply to the gospel in our lives. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on 
LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm Radio Mac. And I'm Mo. And we've changed some things up for this new season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week we record our shows on Friday or Saturday before it airs on the radio station with our friends on Twitch. We record the first half of each of our shows with them. So follow us on twitch.tv slash air to be notified when we go live and join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for after show discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself. But before we go any further, it's time for Mo's Fact of the Day. So the origin of the hot dog is uncertain, but one thing that we do know for sure is that Americans keep them on high demand. On July 4th, Americans enjoy about 150 million hot dogs. Between Memorial Day and Labor Day, Americans will eat a staggering 7 billion hot dogs. (laughs) And in 2015, U.S. supermarket customers spent more than $2.5 $2.5 billion on hot dogs alone. Wow. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's, the, it's the food of our nation, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it is, it is the food of the nation. <laughs> there you go. Okay. There's a new parody for you right there. You're welcome. It's my idea. Don't steal it. Uh, all right. Well, now it is time to uh, have Mo. Be oh, one yeah. of our Sorry. friends in a trivia challenge. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> everybody, please welcome Tyranny from Silver Soul Gaming. Ah, uh, I feel like How that's when going? we need like. Hey, we do need. Yeah, we, we need. need a, a, we need audience. an applause, an audience like sound effect. It's going for that. Okay. Uh, Tyranny, how are you been? I know you're laid up. I. I'm okay. <laughs> how are you doing? How are you doing? You know, just just trying to not not go crazy over here. I'm stuck lying around. So I do have a question for you. I didn't get to see your stream. How was Power Wash Simulator? Addicting. Yeah. Very mellow. Very mellow. And that fun. is what I'm going to be playing after this. But it's also twenty dollars, and so like I'm nervous to buy it because what if I don't like it? I bought it during the Steam sale. It was like 15. Yeah. And like I'm in their Discord and they're already working on updates and everything because it's early access. And really? the devs okay. are super cool. All right. Well, hey. I might have to try it. Hey. Okay. While I've got y'all here, this has absolutely nothing to do with what we're doing right now. I've got y'all here though. <laughs> and Tyranny just said Steam, so it made me remember. Uh, y'all heard about the Steam Deck? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh. The what? It's like a console. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Console with all of your Steam. It looks games. like a little Switch. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if he's still on Twitch right now or not, but he will go back and listen. Please, y'all, help me tell my child that I'm not going to buy that for him. <laughs> it is ridiculously expensive if you want a high memory one. So we're sitting in the car today, and he's like, Mom. You know how I get my games through Steam? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, look. Look at this. And shows me. It's $600. all it's like, it's like a Switch, but with all my Steam games. And I was like, uh, okay. And his brother from the back seat goes, yeah, and it's probably $800. <laughs> and Topher goes, uh, 400 And I went, ah, you ain't getting it. <laughs> and then instantly it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I want it too, but I ain't going to pay that much money for it when mm. I can play it on my computer just fine. Mm. Just fine. If, if it helps Topher, I'm not buying it because I already have two computers. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. So, Tyranny is going to be going up in a quiz uh, against Mo for the chance to win the coveted I Beat Mo sticker. Uh-huh. With uh, a baseball bat on it and everything. Which we have now in hand. We are shipping out to our two previous winners. Uh, the I'm quiz has been a secret to both of them until tonight. We are going to be doing a quiz on Disney couples. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Tierney? Um, I should warn Mo that I had a Disney wedding. Ooh, so, snap. Oh, man. Oh, snap. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to be asking the question, and I will be giving multiple choice answers. This is not a uh, ask only to one person thing. Both of you get to answer. Both of you can answer the same thing. It's not whoever can answer first. Okay. So it's, I don't have to be loud and you don't have to be loud. You don't have to. You don't have to throw elbows. Uh, <laughs> you both will guess, and whoever can get the most correct will win at the end. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. You understand the rules, Tierney. I think so. Okay. It's really weird calling you tyranny because I'm used to calling you silver. silver. <laughs> Most people are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do this thing. Question numero uno. What did Rapunzel do when she met Flynn for the first time? Did she give him a hug? Lock him in a closet? Hit him with a frying pan? Or sing him a song? Hit him with a frying pan. Yeah, same answer. Mm -hmm. Correct. Good job. All right. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse are Disney's most iconic couple. In what short cartoon did they first appear together? Was it titled Plain Crazy, Steamboat Willie, The Three Mouseketeers, or Yoo-Hoo? Um, I've... Hmm. Tierney Mo answered first last time. You want to answer first? Yeah, I think it's plain crazy. I, okay. I'm going with Steamboat Willie. Okay. <laughs> it is plain crazy. Oh. Steamboat Willie was the first appearance of Mickey, Mickey. Mouse, I believe. Uh -huh. Yeah, but yeah. not Minnie Mouse. Yeah. All right. So uh, Tierney's one up. Of course. This is a true or false question. True or false, Sally and Jack Skellington's love song is the last scene of The Nightmare Before Christmas. False. Tyranny. Oh. Um, <laughs> ooh, it's been a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to say false, too. Wrong. That what? is the last one. Uh. <laughs> Even nightmares can have happy endings, guys. All right. What does a young Carl swear he'll do for his childhood sweetheart, Ellie? Marry her, work with her at the zoo, get a talking dog someday, or take their clubhouse to Paradise Falls? I have no idea. I'll be <laughs> honest. Ooh, this one I know. Um, take the clubhouse to Paradise Falls. I'm going to say, well, take don't the say you know to Paradise Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> your bravado. 
Cotmo to guess the same thing. Thanks, Tierney. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, I think. <laughs> Tierney's still one up. All right, which yeah. of these does Cogsworth not recommend the Beast give to Belle in their courtship? Books, flowers, chocolates, or promises you don't intend to keep? Books. Okay, Tierney. Yeah, I think books. Yeah. It was books. Correct. Yay. I haven't seen that movie since I was a child. I swore it had to be promises you don't intend to keep because that was too specific. Oh, no. <laughs> I, can, I can hear him saying that. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, same. What word do Jasmine and Aladdin say at the same time when they first meet? Is it love, trapped, wish, or punctual? Wow, some of those are very specific and odd. (laughs) I'm saying trapped. Love, trapped, wish, or punctual? Let's go with wish. It was trapped. Dang it. All right, so y'all are tied up. Tied up again. Which of these Disney love songs won an Academy Award for Best Original Song? Was it I Won't Say I'm In Love from Hercules? Love is an Open Door from Frozen? Once Upon a Dream in Sleeping Beauty? Or can you feel the love tonight from the Lion King? <laughs> I'm singing all of them in my head right now. <laughs> uh, I feel like can you feel the love is the obvious answer. Is it? That's, but that makes me question because it's so <laughs> right. obvious. Like, right? Um, okay. What it, which of these Disney love songs won an Academy Award for Best Original Song? Best Original Song. That's quite possible. Can You Feel in Love Tonight won an Academy Award for a completely different thing. Exactly. Ooh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> I Won't Say I'm in Love from Hercules, Love is an Open Door from Frozen, Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. Okay, listen, if it's Love is an Open Door, I'm going to be really upset. I love that song. <laughs> There's so many other better ones. Genesis each other sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> love is an Open Door. <laughs> oh, turn your mic off. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm going with Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Okay, Tyranny? Uh, you know, I, I think I got to go with the same one. Good choice. Obviously, that's the answer, guys. <laughs> Fun <Come> fact, <laughs> I walked down the aisle to that song. Oh, Beautiful. All right. Where does Tiana and Prince Naveen's wedding take place? The Bayou, the French Quarter, the Kingdom of Maldonia, or Tiana's Restaurant? The French Quarter. Okay, you're going to say the French yeah. Quarter, Tierney? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. French Quarter. Wrong-o. What? On the bayou. On the bayou. On the bayou, what? guys. I think they're awesome. wrong. I've seen that one, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. When, that one's creepy. When Prince Philip and Princess Aurora meet in the forest, they waltz, ride horseback, 
swim in the lake or run away from each other? They run away from each other. Tyranny? Oh, wow. It's been a really long time since I've seen that one. Um, Ride horseback? Ride horseback? The correct answer yeah. was waltz. What? Both of y'all got what? it wrong. <laughs> Who waltzes in the forest? When you first meet somebody. You f it's love at first sight, guys, in early Disney times. Of course they're going to waltz. No. <laughs> I've done wrong. <laughs> Still tied up. True or false, Prince Charming was the one who put the glass slipper on Cinderella's foot. False. False. Good job. Good job. It was the Grand Duke. Mm-hmm. Who put it on? Yeah, before rushing her back to Prince Charming's castle. Yep. All right. In the 1950s cartoon, Donald Duck had a special love song for Daisy Duck. What was the name of the song? Was it Lucky Duck, Crazy Over Daisy, Quacking Up, or Splashing Into Love? Crazy Over Daisy. That's the first one that popped into my head, too. Yeah. Good job. Both of y'all got that right. Still tied up. Where does the prince first meet Snow White? Outside the dwarf's cottage, in the magic mirror, in a dream, or at a wishing well? Uh, wishing well? Tierney? Either that one or the cottage, and... I keep thinking, I keep picturing the wishing well, so I'm going to have to go with that one. Good job. Both of you doing all right. Okay, we only got a couple left. <laughs> During their romantic boat ride, something prevents Prince Eric and Ariel from kissing for the first time. What happens? Does Ariel turn back into a mermaid? Does their boat get knocked over? Does King Triton cause a storm? Or does Eric realize that there are animals singing to him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the boat gets knocked yeah. over. Yep. Correct. All right. What is Celia's loving nickname for Mike Wazowski? Mike Wazowski. Monster face, googly bear, cutie boo, or short, green, and handsome? Oh, man. At first, I knew that it was googly bear, but then what was the, what was the next one? Cutie boo. I'm going googly bear. Yeah, it's Googly Bear. Yeah. It's Googly Bear. Okay. All right. What gift does Anna give Kristoff that Anna. prompts their first... Sorry. Anna. Give Kristoff <laughs> that prompts their first kiss. A medal, a sweater, a sled, or a reindeer grooming kit? A sled. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that's the end of the quiz, and y'all tied it up. <laughs> Each of y'all got one wrong. Uh... And yeah, so yeah, there's no tiebreaker. No. So, technically, Tyranny, you did not beat Mo. No. Nope. Um, well, it is still an honor to tie with her. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I I I didn't know that you had a Disney wedding. I didn't know that Disney was so uh, tied into to your life in that manner. We oh yeah, Disney wedding, Disney World honeymoon. We wow. oh yes. Yeah, Our fifth no. anniversary is next year, and we're going to go back to one of them. Nice. The only That's reason awesome. I picked this is because we're talking about, like, Disney duos and couples this week for the meet segments. And, uh, yeah. So, that's a cool coincidence. Mm. But uh, you did a really good job. Most of y'all, I think y'all each got 
14 or 13. Y'all each got 13, right? Because there was one that y'all both missed. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was actually two that we both missed. Was there two that you both missed? I yeah. know you missed the waltz one. And the... Oh, and, and the, the, the the Princess and the Frog one. Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, really good. Thank you, Tierney. We'll have you on again to give you another shot sometime For in the sure. future. Thanks, friend. <laughs> Thanks. Have, thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Silver. Bye. All right. Well... Good job. You held your own, Mo. Uh-huh. You kept, I did. You, you, this is your first non-loss. It is. Not technically a win, no, but not a but loss. But I'll take a tie. <laughs> I'm okay with a tie. Let's take another quick break. When we come back, our week of Disney duos continues as we discuss how Disney couples and friendships could set us up for failure. Stick around. Hey everyone, I'm Radio Matt, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. A well-done sci-fi comedy is a rare delicacy, and an even rarer thing is a vehicle for Alan Tudyk that lasts, but we may have found a series that could be both. Today I'm reviewing Resident Alien, the sci-fi channel series based on a Dark Horse comic series by Peter Hogan and Steve Parkhouse. The series follows an alien in disguise as a human as he tries to navigate life on Earth in an effort to sneakily put an end to the human race. Alan Tudyk plays the alien who kills and subsequently assumes the identity of Dr. Harry Vanderspiel then assimilates himself into a small-town community in Colorado and is roped into a murder investigation when the town doctor is found dead. Since he's the only other doctor in town, he is harangued into being the new town doctor. Assuming the human role also brings with it a new set of human emotions and relationships for him to deal with, often leading to his priorities getting mixed up. His chief nemesis is a nine-year-old boy who has a one-in-a-million gene that allows him to see the alien in his true form. It's quite the hilarious battle. And one of the most interesting things about the show is how he continues his practice as a doctor by learning how to perform procedures by googling them. Who needs a medical degree anymore? The first season is available on Peacock and the second season has been greenlit. Rotten Tomatoes gives that series a 93% fresh score and I agree with this. Of course, Alan Tudyk has always been an incredibly talented actor and has an IMDb page a mile long, but Resident Alien feels like the most perfect role he's ever had. Not quite family friendly, but certainly an entertaining show for adults. I give the sci-fi series Resident Alien a solid 9 out of 10 UFOs. That's the review, and remember, you shouldn't ignore ninjas. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. When today's show is over, make sure you check out lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, other podcasts and videos, and a lot more. And if you would like to directly support our mission and become a financial supporter with... Su supporter? Uh-huh. <laughs> financial partner. We should use that as a term. Be a supporter. <laughs> You're partnering and supporting all in one uh, with Love Thy Nerd, even specifically with LTN Radio. Please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. So this week, we've been talking about Disney duos sparked by our review of the movie Luca and the friendship that that movie showcased. Yesterday, we talked about our favorite duos, 
couples, friends, family, uh, and the good things that they showed us. Today, <laughs> we're going to look at the opposite side of the coin and talk about how Disney couples or other famous cartoon duos, maybe not Disney per se, but you know, in this vein, whether they be romantic friendships, family bonds, can actually give us a false view mm-hmm. of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let me start by going through this article uh, by Patricia Sarkar uh, from Voices, uh, so Vocal.media, the humans blog. It's called Disney's Disney Ruined a Generation's Ability to Be Realistic About Love. Disney movies always are filled with heartwarming, family-friendly moments that involve brave characters, lovable sidekicks, and a moral that the guy always gets the girl. In fact, many of their classic plot lines have become famously copied as rom-coms for adults. But many people out there are saying that movies that have those Disney plots may be ruining people's abilities to be realistic about love. Uh, Let's see here. People tend to believe what they see in mainstream media, and that includes the overall dynamics of relationships. The more I look at movies, the more I'm realizing that the answer to much of our generation's problems with datings, dating may just have to do with unplugging from Disney movies and the rom-com industry as a whole. And here's why I've come to the conclusion, and why many others have too, you are what you eat. In social science, it's well known that hearing the same things over and over and again uh, often will cause people to end up believing them. The power of media consumption has shown time and time again that it has the ability to make people believe whatever it wants them to believe. This is why almost every country has a propaganda campaign. While people who read Alternet tend to vote Democrat and while people who watch Fox are most likely to vote Republican. Now, for the most part, romance-filled movies are apolitical. This is especially true with Disney. They aren't propaganda, really. It's not like Snow White and Cinderella were trying to tell you to vote for tax cuts or anything. Hmm. But what most Disney movies and every rom-com does tell people is that guys always get the girl as a hero, even if they aren't attractive. Think about Shrek, even though he's DreamWorks. He got Fiona, and they lived happily ever after. With Snow White, the prince in that film didn't even have to say anything to get her. How is that rational? They also tell people that girls who... uh, they also tell people that girls, sorry, looks like this is a typo. <laughs> tell people that girls who are uh, gorgeous and high status women are the ones that these guys will get and love un- and they will love them unconditionally. Uh, this should be obvious when you look at most Disney movies. Uh, Aladdin had Jasmine, who was a princess, while he was a homeless street urchin who lied to marry her. With Lady and the Tramp, it's even right there in the name. Uh, <laughs> if you can be realistic about love for a moment, you realize that most women who are knockout gorgeous, high status, and kind of wouldn't want to date someone so far beneath them, these guys legitimately had nothing to offer the girls aside from companionship, and they could get that anywhere. Moreover, they also tell people that they'll end up finding the perfect love who will sweep them off their feet to happily ever after. Ariel managed to get the guy without actually saying anything to him, and he just whisked her away. Cinderella got her prince after just meeting him for one day, and he treated her like a princess forever. This is only realistic in fairy tales. Realistically, you can't get any less realistic expectations about love if you tried. People don't just magically appear like that and offer to marry you. And if they do, they're typically con men. 
Remember, when it comes to your reality, what you see in the media tends to shape the way you'll see the world as you, uh, as well as your expectations of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think about that so far? I'm a bit spot on. <laughs> I mean, the overall sentiment of it is spot on. There's some things I didn't agree with, but whatever. <laughs> overall, it was spot on. Um, let me continue here. The biggest problem with Disney movie plots is that it's affected what we believe to be realistic and reasonable expectations of love and relationships. So we see ourselves as Disney heroes and princesses in a world where the right person will magically come along and save the day. A hundred years ago, people would tell you that the real world doesn't work that way. Nobody's perfect, and you have to find someone who you can tolerate and work with, rather than have someone who will always make everything sunshine and rainbows. The problem with this belief is that it sets up sets us up for disappointment, resentment, and bitterness, all the while giving us a reason to think it's everyone else's fault but our own. After all, these kinds of movies suddenly tell us that we're all perfect snowflakes, so if you can't find the perfect person for you, it's everyone else's fault. Additionally, rom-coms also make it seem like everyone gets paired up, and this is not always the case. As sad as it is, there are some perfectly good men out there who end up alone. There's some perfectly good women out there who never find Mr. Right. If people were more realistic about life and actually worked to hone their ability to be realistic about love, there would be a lot more happy couples. Moreover, there probably would be less divorce since people would probably realize you need to work in order to make love worth it. Once again, it's not only Disney movies that do this, it's endemic, and it's hurting our ability to discern what's really supposed to happen. And uh, the last section here, no, two sections here, but last one we'll probably talk about, uh, is titled Treat Me Like a Princess. I wish I could name how many guys I've seen who have passed up girls over the way they looked, despite them having bodies that looked awful. Uh, I wish I could name how many girls I know who are waiting for a guy to treat her like a princess. Most men will not be able to treat girls like the prince and Cinderella did. They won't be able to rescue girls from towers or do anything else like that. Moreover, they wouldn't want to do that. You know why? Because guys don't want high-maintenance damsels in distress. <laughs> I mean, it's a fact. <laughs> Additionally, other rom-coms that stole the Disney feel-good formula also make things worse. For example, Just Friends and other movies that help solidify the idea of the friend zone made life bad for women. After all, it insinuates that men and women can't be friends without an exchange of sex for friendship. What really hurts about this particular adult Disney type of trope is that it ruins many a teenager's ability to be realistic about love. After all, they tend to believe that the subtle idea is the movie show, and that leads to a lot of bitterness at other times. In fact, I really wish I could just catalog how many people use rom-com-inspired terms like the friend zone to talk about perceived slights they feel due to insane expectations that rom-com set. Legitimately, I wish I could name how many I've seen because there have been so many that I've lost count, and that disturbs me. The problem with the rom-com mindset is that it's so widespread that it's beginning to become the standard rather than the exception. Hmm. All right, so that's as far as we'll go into that part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I think that's... I think that is spot on. Because I'm, I'm trying to think about... Back when Deidre and I first started dating, when we were kids. So mm -hmm. really, my only uh, knowledge about the dating world was what I've seen in TV and movies. Yeah. 
And you kind of expect that. You kind of expect it to be perfect. And who, gosh, it really ain't. <laughs> it really ain't perfect. And don't and don't take that uh, that change in tone as to imply that it's my wife's fault. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm an awful person sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, we 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 all are. We're we're never gonna be the best husband and wife. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's just a fact of the matter. Uh-huh. We're human. We struggle. We suck sometimes. Yep. And you got, like she said, she said it kind of harsh. You got to find someone who will tolerate and deal with you. <laughs> but I mean, essentially that's it. There are going to be times where that's what it feels like. <laughs> exactly. There are going to be times where it feels like tolerating and dealing, but they love you enough that they're willing to stick it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, So this has been something that, man, years ago, I think the very first time that my eyes were really actually open to the fact that, you know, Disney is doing us all a disservice. Um, It was through Kevin Wellborn from the pulpit one Sunday morning talking about relationship and how marriages are not what Disney has created them and Mm. what Disney wants us to believe. And just kind of sitting there, I'm like, oh. That's so true. I've never heard anything truer from the pulpit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it was a, an aha moment yeah. for me. And he's probably like kicking himself right now. Really, Megan? That's the one thing that. It's the only thing you remember me ever saying. Right. No, I remember very a lot. Deeper. I remember a lot. Um, but that is one of the bigger things. And now I have two teenage boys who are walking through relationships and. Um, with my middle child, he's gone back and forth with the same relationship with the same girl. Um, and they're currently not dating, but it is very obvious that they both like each other. There's serious feelings there, but neither one of them are willing to say, okay, we messed up. We're sorry. You know, um, and being good friends with her mom the two of us have conversations on the regular and she will say she just wants for him to look at her and say, I love you. And I was like, uh, and have you looked at her and been like, have you ever seen your dad say that to me? Like, (laughs) you know, and having this conversation with the mom, she and I both are on the same page that yeah, Disney has failed our teenagers because what her expectation is, is something very fairy tale. Even though she's lived with her parents and seen their marriage, which is not Disney, it's it's reality. Yeah, you know, it's all marriages. Exactly. <laughs> if you have a Disney marriage, I'm going to be worried about both of you. Uh, <laughs> you know, because someone's uh, in denial is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so um, but anyway, really having this. In my face, realization as I'm walking through this with my boys of, man, girls have got this expectation that you're just not going to be able to live up to. And truthfully, in a lot of ways, boys have an expectation, too. They have an expectation of the the most beautiful girl who is not only beautiful, but smart and witty and kind to everyone and loves animals and, 
will put her life aside to be your princess, your mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. you know, it, all around, it has really set up this false narrative for what a relationship and a marriage actually is. And it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, and that sets up also like stereotypes of how relationships are supposed to be and how they're supposed to get set up and how, well, and a lot of this kind of happens in the Christian culture as well. It's kind of fed into that. Is you know, in in the Bible it says that you know you know the man is supposed to be the provider for the the home, but we take that to mean only the man can work. The woman's supposed to stay home, mm-hmm. take care of the family, and take care of the residents and and. Uh, if if you're anything, if your family is anything less than that, then you are a failure as a man, as a husband, as a follower of God. Mm-hmm. Like my my older brother believes, <laughs> or at least used to, until his wife started making more than. Him. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, I'm in that boat. I uh, my wife has always made more money than me yeah. because my wife is just a brilliant worker like she's a brilliant person she works in in finance now she's she took to it like a fish to water every job that she's ever had she's been the best at it than anyone else around her and i am not that way (laughs) i also tend to do a lot of my work for free (laughs) which also doesn't help provide for the family but you know i get paid but i don't get paid near as much as her so my money basically goes to our mortgage and hers covers everything else um but that means most of the time i'm a stay-at-home dad most of my work is done at home but i am at home with the boys while she's got the normal eight to five job i have never had a problem with it Mm -hmm. i have never felt inadequate by that I have never felt that she doesn't like this situation because she loves her job and she loves working. And I love being able to spend more time with the boys at the same time getting things done at the house. It's uh, it's working well for us. <laughs> and I think that that's part of the both the Disney thing and the Christian thing is that it sets us up to believe otherwise. Now, in recent years, Disney movies have changed a bit around that. It's rare to see a father or a male in a home in a lot of Disney movies these days because there's either died or left. Mm-hmm. It's usually just like one, the one woman, the mom or even the aunt <laughs> of the children yeah. watching them now, which is strange. All these men are dying. Hey, and Luca, though, <laughs> it was a single dad. Luca was a single dad. That was a, it's a rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just it sets up it sets up. Uh, it sets up a lot of reprogramming that's going to happen mm-hmm. in a lot of brains. Yeah. And uh, that's not just true for relationships. Uh, it's true for friendships as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Disney movies or these kind of movies kind of give us this idea that we expect people to be understanding all the time, to always be able to help us every time we're in need. Uh but it often causes us to just focus on ourselves. Mm-hmm. To become like very inter- selfish. Yeah. It's like um, in Community, there was one one episode where Troy and Abed, this is early on, this is the first season, and Troy has this warped view of friendship. He goes, no, f- friends do things for me. <laughs> 
you know, and that's that's kind of what we think. We're the center of attention. We're the we're the we're the main character, and everyone revolves around us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, again, this is this has also gotten better in recent years. Like with Luca, Luca had a situation where they had a falling out, but they manned up and got over it. Yeah, and that's what you do. Uh-huh. Man up and you get over it. Well, man up is a gender exclusive, or yeah, uh, not a gender inclusive term. But you, <laughs> you suck it up. <laughs> you suck it up. You realize your friends. You realize that one stupid argument or one stupid disagreement is not going to erase all this friendship, and you get back to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not always that easy, but still. An accurate thing. That's what you got to do. It's work. It's work. Mm-hmm. Just like she said with the relationships. Sometimes you do have to tolerate the person. Sometimes you do have to suck it up and work hard. Um, do you agree with that? You want to talk about friendships at all? Um, I think that you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Okay. It very much does set us up for, you know, a self-centered, self-pleasing Mentality. As long as my story is moving forward, that's all that matters. Uh huh. <laughs> we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, huh? Yep. But in a better light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I want to talk about in this vein is like the parent-child relationship. Uh-huh. Okay. And I specifically like to compare Daniel Tiger mm-hmm. to Bluey. Mm-hmm. Daniel Tiger makes me feel like the worst parent on the planet. Because every time the child is either disobeyed or is confused or is whiny or is hurt or anything like that, the parent's just completely understanding and kneels down, pats the little head, and just says, hey, I have the perfect piece of advice to help you in this situation. And that perfect piece of advice always helps. And that child is always made the better for it in that exact moment. And everything is wrapped up in a nice little bow at the end of the episode. I wish my kids were like that. I wish I was like that as a parent. Not once does anyone yell at their kid in Daniel Tiger. Bluey, on the other hand, much more realistic portrayal of parents. Yeah. Do get frustrated. Do sometimes not want to play this game with the kids. Do sometimes have to go off to work and they just have to suck it up and deal with it. Like the, the back seat of the car is covered in crumbs and markers and stickers and stuff. Like it's it's a more realistic thing. Uh, there are arguments. There are there's episodes where the the mom and dad are arguing and the kids are confused about how they can argue. If that does that mean that they don't love each other? You know this kind of thing. Like. No, that's stupid. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially how it's worth. No, of course not. Of course that doesn't mean we don't love each other. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's it's much more realistic, and I love that for it. Um, Daniel Tiger's not bad. And, of course, Daniel Tiger is, you know, teaches lessons to children. I feel like Bluey is aimed more at both kids and parents. Yeah. To tell you, hey, it's okay if you don't always get it perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, there's a movie that came out. Did you happen to see The Mitchells versus The Machines? Yes, but what? I wasn't really watching it. Paying attention to it? Yeah. As much. It well, didn't this, have me like this Luca did. Felt, this felt a lot like a more realistic family dynamic. The 
parents and kids don't understand each other and they don't get along and kid just wants out and wants the freedom. But when everything comes crashing down, they realize, well, we're still a family. And if we got to do this together, we're going to do this together. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that's exactly what, I mean, of course, there's just a ridiculous in time scenario where robots try and take over the world. It's a really good movie. I'm sad that Mo didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, like, it's okay to be kind of messed up yeah. <laughs> and still love each other and still expect uh, the family to stay together. It, I mean, it grow hard times grow you. Hard struggles in any relationship grows that relationship into something better. Mm-hmm. The only thing that has to occur is you stick it out. Right. If you quit, you get nothing out of it but more uh, an easier ability to be jaded with future relationships. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing you take away from something you quit on. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not saying there's never a time that you should quit a relationship. Of course there are. There are very, there's several terrible scenarios where, okay, this relationship needs to end. But for the most part, 99% of the time, a relationship will only grow stronger if you choose to get through the tough parts. Mm-hmm. Familial, romantic, friendships, all of them. Yeah. Um, I think, too, what Disney does, Disney does kind of a disservice to parents in a lot of ways. And I think the one movie that I can kind of, that's sitting at the front of my mind right now is Toy Story. And the reason that I say it does a disservice to parents is because either the parents are absent or absent-minded, hmm. um, not really concerned with what's happening in their children's lives. And so when you consider, think about Andy's mom. She's a single mom. She's got two kids. Things are going. She's moving. She's Her brain is scattered 100%. But there's big things happening with Andy that... She just doesn't even realize. And when you think about the mom in these movies, in the series of movies, the fact that we don't even really see her lends a feeling towards being absent minded. She's Mm. there, but she's not even, she's not paying attention. And so for a kid, as they're watching these Disney movies where either one parent is totally absent and the other parent is absent minded, what have you, that only solidifies in children's minds that their parents don't understand them. Their parents don't care. Their parents don't get them. You and know? you're all on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's something that all kids think sooner or later. All kids struggle with. You know, they have this fear of my parents aren't going to understand what's happening. My parents aren't going to understand why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. And then you watch these movies and that's just like, yep, see? Even even Andy's mom doesn't care, you know. Um, so I think in that regard, it sets the parent-child relationship up for some misunderstanding yeah. in a lot of ways. And if ever there were going to be a group of people who were going to be offended 
by Disney movies as a whole. Let me just say, it should be all the stepmoms of the world. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> You're right. The evil stepmom trope. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me one Disney movie where the stepmom is good. There is one. I don't remember what it is right now, but I remember that being, it didn't make it any better because that's like the point of the movie. The point is, oh, see, some stepmoms are good. After you have the evil queen, (laughs) Cinderella's stepmother. It's it's not just Disney. It's like every kid's movie that involved a stepmother. It's like always evil. Yeah. Always didn't care about the kids. Little rotten kids. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. Once we're married, you're going to boarding school. Exactly. Even Parent Trap. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I mean, really. Listen, I'm I'm not a stepmom, but I would back y'all 100%. (laughs) So here are some realistic expectations, okay? Go into these relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is, focusing on these three things. Communication. Openness and honesty with ourselves and with others is the first key. We all fail ourselves and others in many ways, and we should be able to admit when we're wrong. We should not base our expectations on mere assumptions, but on verifiable truth, if at all possible. We should discuss with our loved ones what our expectations are and what theirs are. Mm. Number two, forgiveness. Hold on, say that again. Forgiveness. Okay. The people in Jesus' day were expecting the Messiah. But when he came, they had some unrealistic expectations of what he'd do. They wanted the Messiah to free them from Rome, and they wrongly expected Jesus to establish his kingdom then and there. And when he did not fulfill those expectations, they were frustrated and angry enough to kill. But Jesus forgave. Mm -hmm. If Jesus could forgive the men who called out, crucify him, we can forgive our loved ones and friends who harbor wrong expectations of us. And lastly, love. Love is patient and kind. It does not insist on its own way. We need to remember that all people are different. If we have formed expectations for friends or loved ones that they cannot live up to, it's not their fault. We have the power to change our expectations. And if we find that our expectations of others are unreasonable, we should be flexible. Hmm. That's good. Very good. Boom. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to do it for our week of focus on Disney duos. We're going to take one last break. When we get back, we'll answer an ask us anything question. Stick around. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Welcome back. 
back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we're going to answer an Ask Us Anything question from Twitch. And sure, these questions usually tend to be about us and our opinions. And uh, this one is an opinion, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, But we are kind of looking for a definitive answer, too. Are hot dogs sandwiches? This comes from our relatively new follower, KY Redhead, uh, on Twitch. Are hot dog sandwiches? No. So I actually think that we have had an entire segment once on. I think a long time ago uh-huh, we did have this on, discussion on what sandwich it, what constitutes a sandwich mm-hmm. versus like a hoagie and right. a sub. Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Um, sadly, I don't remember Tacos. where we landed specifically with hot dogs. <laughs> um, well, but, I think we landed that it should qualify because hoagies and Philly cheesesteaks qualify as sandwiches. But see, I think that when we had this discussion, we specifically said that hoagies and subs are not sandwiches. They are of their what own they category. Are. <laughs> yeah. They're just what they are. Exactly. Maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do las- That's a brilliant <laughs> brother, point. Brother Maud says, do lasagnas count as cakes? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's just give your opinion. What do you personally okay, so, believe? Uh, like, in your heart. Breaking it down in my head. <laughs> in your heart, Mo, are hot dog sandwiches. No, in my heart, a hot dog is not a sandwich. But I cannot give you a reason why because um, it's got it's got the top bread and the bottom bread and it's got the meat in the center <laughs> and then whatever condiments you want to add into your sandwich specific to yourself and your taste buds. So, I mean, I guess really a hot dog is a sandwich, but. It's not a sandwich. It's a hot dog. There's a um, there's a college humor bit uh, on YouTube where it's about like gluten free. It's about a woman that can't eat gluten, and a guy a character named Trap keeps offering like different things to her. Well, you can't have a sandwich, so can you have like this? And he comes to this realization: like, guys, a pie is a sandwich. So many things yeah. are sandwiches. <laughs> and that's that's my mindset. I think a hot dog is a sandwich. Uh, you may have been right. We may have come to that conclusion that like hoagies and subs are like their own thing, but I don't think so. I think those are sandwiches. I think a hot dog is a sandwich. It's either a sandwich or it's a taco, and I'm pretty sure it's more of a sandwich than it is a taco. See, and then we discussed hamburgers <laughs> and like sloppy joes, and those are all sandwiches. <laughs> hamburgers used to be called hamburger sandwiches. Listen, and we listen. just got rid of the sandwich part because it was easier. Because we're know, lazy Americans. I know that we have all heard of Pandora's box. And we're not supposed to open it. Let's just leave it alone. It is what it is. No, hold on. We're wait. not opening this. But, but but Brother Mod. Brother Mod says sandwiches have bread on top and bottom. Hot dogs have bread on three sides. So do subs. So do Philly cheesesteaks. They're opened up and opened and then closed back. I and mean, really, it depends <laughs> on the bun. Because some buns do fully open. True. I think, uh, yeah, there, there's like one brand of hot dog buns that are like sandwich buns. Yeah. But they also expect you to cut the hot dog in half, kind of. Like not fully in half, but like like Nathan's hot dogs do. Yeah. And then that makes it kind of a sandwich. There's a whole, uh, like a Polish sausage sandwich at Wiener Schnitzel. That's a Polish sausage cut in half and put in between two pieces of rye bread. That's a sandwich. <laughs> We're having so many good points being brought up in our Twitch. KY Redhead also says, what if you grew up poor and used bread instead of bun, With which that's how I grew up. That's what I would do every now and yeah. then. Uh, you had bread. You had a... Uh, 
hamburger bun, you had a sandwich, you had a hot dog bun, you had a sloppy joe bun, you had absolutely everything you could And then sometimes eat. you would have extra hot dog buns because, you know, the whole hot dogs and buns uh-huh, not being the ratio. same amount. So you'd buy two packages of hot dog buns and you'd have like six left over. Uh-huh. You've got and garlic eat... bread for spaghetti oh, for no, the next I would night. have peanut butter sandwich. I'd have a um, peanut butter sandwich. And yeah. we, did, we even had a song we sang. Every time I made one, we'd sing peanut butter sandwich on a hot dog bun. That <laughs> it was the best. When the boys were little, <laughs> that was the only way that I would make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because then the mess is only coming out one side. Mm, mm-hmm. That's was, pretty smart, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, okay. Like you said, we could talk about this forever. <laughs> Let's end with our verse You didn't even say whether or not you think it's a sandwich. Oh, I did. maybe you did. I sure you say did. it's all sandwiches. I say it's all and sandwiches. And I say it's not. I say okay. everything's a sandwich. So we're a house divided here. So many here. things are sandwiches. Mm, nope. <laughs> okay, our verse for the day is Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on then as God chose, God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. That's going to do it for our show today. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. All of that. Oh, sorry. Do it and we'll love you forever. I changed what our line is. Do it and we'll love you forever. (laughs) Also, starting this week, the podcast feed will offer a weekly highlight episode focusing on just our main topics for the week for those of you who can't commit to the full three hours a week. And make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Just search for at BackRowLTN and connect with us at BackRow. At the (laughs) BackRowLTN. Sorry. They'll type it in wrong. (laughs) They won't find us. At the back row LTN. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow morning for the back row rewind, where we will bring you a classic episode of the back row morning show. And we should be back with new episodes next week. And we hope you will too. Mo, final thoughts. I don't do well with changes, y'all. <laughs> Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd. Come on.